The following is a paid program, and the views expressed are those of the hosts and guests and do not reflect the opinions of WPTF or Curtis Media Group. Information provided is of a general nature. Listeners seeking specific advice should contact a licensed professional in the appropriate area. From home repair to remodeling, this is Making Your Home Great. And I'm Dave Alexander, and I approve this ad. Well, it's more more of a radio show than an ad. Holly Bowers is here from RoofWorks on Making Your Home Great. How are you doing? I am good. It's yeah. a nice day out today. It is for a little bit, and then it's going to start raining. Oh, gee. By the time you get out of here, probably it's going to be raining. Um, we have a uh, full lineup. Craig, the floor guy from American Dream, flooring and tile. And I believe Brock Emmons is coming in from Triangle Radiant Barrier. Um, Holly, I want to talk to you, uh, first of all, about RoofWorks. We almost only talk about the residential side. But there's a whole world of stuff that, you know, people listening might might want to call you for, including what? Oh, yeah, we do. Uh, commercial, we have a huge service and maintenance department on commercial, which is, you know, low slope. Anything that's flat roofs, uh, yeah. commercial could be shingles, it could be metal, slate, tile, cedar. Um, we do HOAs. We do gutters, skylights. Okay. Let's, let's talk about the HOAs. Mm-hmm. I when I, you first told me that, I thought, well, no, I've got an HOA in my community, but that, that's not what you're meaning. You're talking about, like, townhouses that are all connected. Right, multifamily, condos, townhomes. Yes, we have a huge department that runs that side of it. And, and generally, these HOAs save themselves some money for when the roof needs to be repaired they do i mean it's it's more of a complicated relationship when it comes down to it because you've got um homeowners paying into the hoa dues the hoa is in charge of certain things depending on how those the covenants and bylaws are wrote yeah um and so like it it gets pretty complex sometimes yeah but it's Uh, it's actually a really important part of our company because of that reason, that's yeah. a big passion of mine on that side of it because it is so complex, it needs to be taken very seriously. I think it's complicated enough that a lot of people don't want to touch it because complicated, you know, hey, that slows things down. I'd rather just sell somebody a brand new roof. Yeah, I mean, I, I can't speak for others, so that part I don't know, but it's there's a lot of people involved, and that's yeah. why it's really important, and that's why you have to take it seriously. You've got to, especially with a roof replacement, you've got tons of homeowners out there living right next door to each other. The logistics is yeah. a lot when you've got people walking out of their homes, yeah. making sure everybody's safe, uh, streets are cleaned up. And And you will do, for instance, chimney caps that you know that deteriorate yes and you've done that for for local hoas oh yeah we do we do that all the time for everyone that's what's so great about our new sheet metal shop is that we can actually fabricate most all of those in-house right okay so let's talk about the idea that you'll repair rather than replace my roof i mean or or, you know you'll do what need what's needed but there's a, always that possibility that I just need a repair. What situations 
bring that up? Oh, yeah. I mean, it's it's really just the age, lifespan, the installation process. What we're going to do, we're going to go out to your house, commercial building, yeah. multifamily HOA. We're going to do the assessment. We're going to take a look at what needs to be done. If it makes sense economically to do a repair and you've got significant lifespan on the roof, then we're going to lean you that way because there's no point in you replacing your roof if you still have five years left with a couple little maintenance touch-ups here and there. Right. Now, if we get out there and we're like, hey, you're looking a year, maybe two years left, the cost for repair is going to be pretty significant. You have to weigh your options at that point because... Do you want to put $3,000 into a repair when you could use that towards a roof replacement when you know you're due for it anyways? Yeah. And I think every situation needs to be treated differently because a lot of it comes down to that. It comes down to, you know, what situation is that customer in financially? What what can and can't they do? We just want to make sure that we're giving them the best advice to help them through that process. Now, I live in a community or did live in a community that got hail. And it was funny, you know, it was a checkerboard of decision-making by insurance company. Yes, the guy at 601 got a new roof. Guy at 602, nothing. 604, brand new roof. What goes into those kinds of decisions? I don't know. I mean, we talk about this all the time. It's just no rhyme or reason. It's right unorganized chaos right now i think coming from both sides of it we've seen cases where the roof has absolutely no damage at all and we've been very serious about saying that and the insurance passes it through and then there's situations (laughs) where they have significant damage and they they deny it so you know that's not for me to speak on i'm not quite sure where those decisions come from I i know i think it's probably more just you know lacking education on that yeah and also it's it's been a combination of people working the system yes which has made it really difficult for everybody involved especially ones that are trying to do the right thing right to actually you know do the right thing it's uh it's a difference sometimes in insurance companies although holly doesn't want to say it i will tell you that Every now and then you meet somebody knowledgeable about insurance in in North Carolina, and they will tell you, do you have uh, such and such insurance? Yeah. Yeah, you don't want that because they turn down everybody. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I mean, I was in a situation where they turned us down, even though there was a visible damage. But that's all right because four months later we had exactly – the same event, more hail. And, you know, then they said, yeah, we can't repair it because it's uh, discontinued. And we can't, we just have to replace the whole thing. Yeah. And it's, I mean, you have the situations like Joanne calling in last time I was on the show. I mean, yeah. they were showing up at her house saying she's got discontinued shingles and they're going to file the claim through insurance, yeah. which that wasn't the truth at all. And, uh, so that's why I said it's really it's it's a really difficult thing right now because you don't know who to trust. And right. you do have to work with the right company that's got the insurance company's best heart in hand along yeah. with the customer's best heart in hand. Because if you have someone, that's what I feel like is great about us is because we're not leaning one way or the other. We're gonna go out there and if it's if it's right. legit, right, we're gonna let them know. 
And if it's not, we're not going to get involved in that situation because it's not it's not the right thing to do. Yeah. So we're being honest and keep trying to keep things balanced. I think the problem that we have right now is you've got people making way too much money off insurance claims. Yeah. It doesn't cost that much. And now insurance is kicking back because they're losing money and people are filing claims that aren't legitimate, that don't need to be filed. And then you have the other group over here that have legitimate issues and now they can't get that work done because of these other people that are taking advantage of the system. Next time I get a roof, I'm going to get the discontinued shingles because it's a, it's a no brainer kids. We can't repair it. You lose one, lose one and you can't do anything about it. Yeah. And I think, I mean, it's, it's a hard thing because I know there's one product on the market out there that, they had some product defects, but through all the years that we've been doing this, there's yeah. it's, they've never caused leaks. It's cosmetic. Oh, yeah. And you can't get them anymore, which in turn, making a repair, there is some things. There are some shingles that you can use to repair it, but yeah. from a cosmetic standpoint, it is what it is. But at the same time, those shingles are aging out. And yeah. so at, at the point that we're at right now, most of those roofs are 20 years beyond, and sure. they, they need replacement anyways. Really? And so that being a homeowner yeah. is like, okay, well, you know that you have to keep up with the maintenance and repair on the roof. If your roof is aged out, then right. it's just time for replacement. When you say maintenance and repair, I could not imagine what the maintenance or repair would be on a roof. I mean, it's either broken or it's not. So what's maintenance and repair mean well i mean that's not necessarily the case it it we we did talk about this in the last show it depends on what you're buying into it depends on what type of roof system that you're installing okay what products you're putting from the detail work that's going to depend on the longevity and the kind of maintenance package that you're signing up for all right talk to me about maintenance packages what does that mean i'm a simple man i've got a house is there a reason for me to have you out three times a year? Well, depending on if you've got debris on the roof and okay. debris filling the gutters, yes, because you need to keep that stuff cleaned out because if not, it's going to cause pretty significant damage. Um, if you don't, getting us out there at least once a year to check things, is that's important. And I think when we talk about maintenance, I'm going to use a good example. So. You're going to install a metal roof with yes. exposed fasteners, which oh, means yeah. all the screws are exposed. Right. You're going to you're buying into that roof system. Somebody needs to be clear with you about what kind of maintenance is going to come on the back, on the back end, as far yeah. as you having to keep those screw heads sealed up so they don't rust, they don't cause water intrusion. Yes. Because if somebody is not telling you that and you're buying into it, then you're going to end up. You're going to be unhappy about that situation because you're not being thoroughly educated as far as what you're signing up for. Holly's looking at me directly because my brother did exactly that. Oh, no. that's And and he lives in um, the snow country of upstate New York, which means that for half the year, not quite half the year, maybe four months, he's going to have snow stuck on his roof. And he's probably going to have that 
that problem with intrusion. I couldn't talk him out of it. That's okay. I mean, if he's willing to get up there and seal those fasteners, that's fine. But like I said, just make sure you know what you're buying into because with that, you're always going to have some type of maintenance. You just need to understand what that is and then figure out what kind of maintenance package that you do want to spend in the long term. All right. Holly Bowers is here from RoofWorks. Um, we're going to give something away in just a little bit. Uh, Holly's going to be our official announcer, which is a wonderful thing. Um, and if you want to call us up right now, 860, that's 919, of course, 860-9783 is our telephone number. Got to have a legitimate question for us on Making Your Home Great on WPTF. Making Your Home Great, FM 98.5, AM 680, WPTF. Making your home great on FM 98.5 AM 680 WPTF. Holly Bowers of RoofWorks is here. She was talking about the repair of roofs. You guys have a program. I can sign up with you. And are you going to call me before you come out? Or are you just going to come out and take a look at my roof? Oh, yeah. We have we definitely have annual maintenance plans. And yes. so we can get you set up and come out what we need to do is come out the first time and then do an assessment to determine how many more trips we need to come out annually. Okay. So I think the first inspection is really important because we're going to do an overall overall view, check everything out, see where you're at, and then that, that'll help us determine what you need moving forward. Now, ideally, you want your initial inspection to be on, like, November the 12th. <laughs> and while they're up there, guys, while you're up there, could you just put up these lights? Yeah. But they won't. They probably won't. While you're checking the gutters, could you just do this for me? All right. So they inspect. We figure out two times a year. I need the gutters cleaned. I need everybody to just make sure everything is all right. Because maybe I I missed a, a, a hailstorm or a windstorm along the way. Um, and... Later on, you hope, maybe, that this might turn into a long-term relationship. Well, yeah. I mean, that's that's our plan. We want to make sure that we get you in the best maintenance plan yeah. in order to help you you know, maximize your investment for that roof. That's the whole point of this. We're going to, like, we're not... Like you said, we're not going out there and selling you a roof if you do not need a roof. We want to help work with your budget, give you a long-term strategy that makes sense for you, and help that roof system last throughout the lifespan of the roof. Even if it's to say, you know, we're looking at this roof and there's a time factor. You you might be doing this, you know, repairing the roof or replacing the roof in five or ten years right and especially for commercial and hoa it's really important because they have to budget for this and so that's that's why it's critical to have those maintenance plans and actions that way it gives them time to prepare to get those funds together for when you know that roof replacement is needed and we talked about earlier about us having a big coating division so yeah we also coat flat roofs and that's another great alternative for a business owner that may not want to do a replacement, we right. can certainly go out there and do a great coating job for them, and that gives them a really good long-term warranty, and it saves them the headache of having to go through the replacement process if right. that roof system, you know, is 
legible for a coating product. I, I'm I'm thinking of guys up on the roof with poles and what looks like a painter's, you know, a painter's roll. They're rolling out this liquid. Is that about right? Yeah, I mean it. It, it yes. There's a lot of prep work, and really, honestly, the detail work yeah. with coating is the most important. So. As long as they get all that detail work done and get the prepping done, it's it's a great system, great alternative for anyone that's looking to go that route instead of doing a replacement. No. Because this, with two roofs, so yeah. with flat roofs, you can't put more than two layers on. Oh, and so really? a lot of these older buildings have two layers of flat roof material. And yeah. So if you do a replacement, you've got to do a tear off. And so in those cases, coatings is a great alternative because it's going to be, you know, a little bit cheaper, give you a little bit more. You can do 10, 15, 20 year coating product. That's yeah. going to give you more time to come up with those funds to do that replacement when the time comes. Are needed. you telling me that you can only do the coating twice? No, no, you can coat as many times oh, really? as you can coat, but it doesn't work on every single roof system. And that's why you have to use someone that knows what they're talking about. They know what they're doing right? because they need to get out there and just make sure that the assessment is going to work. The product's going to be the right product. But like I said, it's a great alternative. And for homeowners, you will clean their gutters. And that's it. That's all you're doing for. I mean, you may look at the roof, you may examine this and that. I, I don't think of gutters when I think about roof works, but you'll not only clean the gutters, you'll put up or repair gutters that are, that are on the side of the oh, house. Oh, yeah. We have we got a great gutter department. Seth is in charge of that, and he's excellent, and he'll go out. If, when in question, just give us a call. Let him go out there and take a look at everything, and uh, he'll see what needs to be done and Get the crew scheduled if you want to work with us. Yeah. But gutters are very important. It's a very important part of the roof system. So they need to be maintained just like the roof does. I understand that when the water goes in the gutter, it's going to go to the downspout, we hope. But with a lot of debris, it won't go and it'll pour over. Well, if it pours back toward the house. It's going to rot the fascia. It's going to rot part of the part of the roof. What I want to know is who do I call to repair that? We can do that, too. That's, You're doing that, too? Yes, sir. We can do fascia. Uh, sometimes when the fascia is rotten, you've also got rotten subfascia behind it. And so we can take care of that and uh, put new gutters up, new fascia, get everything put back together the proper way, and also get you in a better gutter system. And you're going to show me all this because, you know, the last guy who repaired my car said I needed a water pump and... You know, I also needed uh, muffler bearings and other things that I didn't need. <laughs> but you're you're going to show me what's up, what's up with my house. Yeah, and it's the same thing with you. So say you have a roof leak and it's your pipe boot. The pipe boot is caused the leak. We're yes. going to go out there and we we're going to address that specific problem. But the guys are going to check everything else out too. And if they find other areas of concern that may not be an issue today, but we know it's going to be an issue down the road, we're going to bring that to your attention and, you know, give you some pricing to say, hey, this is what we recommend. This is some more maintenance that you may need to do right. to help you out. Just, you know, save you trouble with a leak down the road. And, and that's really up to you if you want to do it. That's we're not going to try to upsell you or oversell you. We're just going to tell you how it is and let you decide the best way to proceed. And, and the thing to remember, 
how many houses must there be in the the area in your just in your capture area or the distance you'll go millions maybe billions anyway i'm exaggerating slightly <laughs> almost every single one of those houses has a roof so you're not scratching and clawing for every roof no i mean that's you can't take on the world it doesn't even make sense so that's for us we're going to help everyone that needs to be helped but right. i there's other companies out there too, other great companies. Ah, uh, don't talk about them. I know, but you, you just have to hope that if you don't go with us, you're going to go with somebody else that's going to treat you as good. I, I and I can tell you that I dealt with another company years ago before we met, uh, before this show came on, and I was disappointed in a lot of aspects. You know, there were nails all over the place. Um, they tried to they tried to sell me the roof system from a uh, little catalog, and I couldn't see anything. So we we're going to talk about the alternative to to the catalog, the showroom, the showroom. Yes, come and to the showroom. Why do you have a showroom? It's for that reason, right there, because yeah. you're only seeing that little catalog, and there is tons more products for you to choose from. And if I if I want to spend significant money on something. I don't want to pick it from a picture. Right. right. You need okay. to see it, feel it, touch it, go out and look at other houses with that same product, same color on. It's important. Holly Bowers from RoofWorks on Making Your Home Great. Welcome back to Making Your Home Great. Now here's Dave Alexander. <laughs> yeah. Who is that? Oh, that is Blue. It is her birthday, too, this week. So that, happy birthday, That's Blue. your daughter? Yes, sir. Wow. Oh, Very that's cool. Awesome. Very cool. Happy birthday. All right. Holly Bowers from RoofWorks is here talking about uh, the things that they do for folks. And I forgot the whole skylight question. Skylights. Long time ago, they had a negative reputation. In fact, about six months after they were installed, they had a negative reputation because they all turned. An embarrassing yellow. That's yeah. not the case anymore. No, no, no. They've come a long way. So they're actually, skylights are great. It's yeah. it's the best way to get natural daylight in your house with yep. skylights and sun tunnels. And it works. You don't have to turn the lights on. Like you can put them in, it opens the space, brings yes. more light in. And then also areas like closets and bathrooms, you get that sun tunnel installed and you get moonlighting. It's, they're just, there's so many cool things about the skylights. A sun tunnel. I, I'm assuming on a ranch, too. Can we put them on a two level house? Yeah. You can? Yeah. You just need, and the big thing is just making sure it makes sense for you. And yeah. what we need to do is get the guys out there to take a look at it. And then they'll they'll get you in the right product depending on what they can and can't do and what makes sense. It, it sounds like, well, uh, what it is, it's a tunnel through which the sunlight will travel. That's correct. It's sort of a diffused light. So it's in areas that you can't really put a skylight per se. Right, and right. it does just make more sense to put a sun tunnel. But like I said, they're they're great. It's a great way to save energy and also bring more lighting into the house naturally. All right. We need a listener to call in to win something. What can they win, Holly? 
they can win a uh, $25 gift card to High Park Bar and Grill on Whitaker Mill. Mmm, good stuff. $25? $25. Oh, you could eat. You, you, you probably could. You, if you watch what you're drinking. <laughs> you, no, I mean, if you don't, you don't order any, anything expensive, you probably could eat for two at uh, High Park Bar and Grill. If not, very, very close. So call us up, telephone number 919-860-9783, and tell me about the kind of questions we want. Well, you know, I have a question for you. So if you, uh, what is a roof gable? Oh, you are asking the question. Yeah. They need to answer it. I think that's, that'll be fun. All right. A roof gable. Roof gable famous hollywood actor <laughs> no roof gable all right that's a that's an interesting one we're waiting for the phone to ring 919-860-9783 and the first caller gets to take a swing at this for a 25 dollars gift certificate um tell me a story about a project you guys have been involved in oh, or is it so busy that it's a blur <laughs> i know we have we have so many projects going on so it's hard for me to narrow down which one is the coolest and which one's not because we just have so many cool projects well, tell me a cool project then uh, well i'm trying to think of what people are going to be assuming there's no project i know there is yeah. <laughs> so i'm not as on the operations side as much like i used to be oh, so. okay all right i understand it's let me, not let it, me think about that because that's why i'm trying to think of like the coolest one that we have going on right now i mean to talk about metal when, when i say cool i'm saying like to me the best roofing is the high-end slate cedar tile copper that that's the cool stuff that's the real deal craftsman skill yeah that when you think about roofing that that's true roofing putting shingles on is quite a bit different than the craftsmen that go into doing all of that high-end work and that stuff is still available oh yeah i mean people think well there's no way i could get a slate roof not a chance they, the people who did that, they're long and long gone. No, yeah, we got some of the some of the best guys. They've been they've been on that side of it for a very, very, very long time. Wow, what's the advantage of a slate roof? Well, there's a lot of advantages. So one, it's going to last you the longest out of any product. Um, energy efficient. It's just one of those things you put the money into it on the front end and especially with the right type of slate that slate could last 100 200 plus years and and there's nothing comparable to it really it may need to be serviced yeah i mean the maintenance it as long as it's done right on the front end the thing that you'll have to do is a retrofit which means you have to remove the slate and redo the underlayment system and sure. some of the detail work, but then you can act, you can actually reinstall that slate, and that slate will last you for many, many years to come. Wow. Which, that's what makes it the coolest, because it's really the only product that you can do that with. Yeah, I've seen... Outside of, you know, metal. You've seen metal roofs yeah. on barns that have lasted a very long time, too, but that's I, why I said that's that's the true craftsman, copper roofs, things like that. that have the... Have the, the the quality of the metal gotten better 
for, as compared to those 100-year-old um, roofs? Because a lot of them have seen better days. Yeah, I mean, I think that they've got the paint finishes like they put on cars that yeah. it comes with that paint finish warranty. But at the end of the day, metal is metal. It's just one of those products that... You know, it's even if it rusts out, it's still gonna. It's still good. It's still good, yeah. And with coatings, you can actually coat metal roofs, right? Um, so you can put that coating on it, and it'll help keep it sealed as well. So it, it will make the metal last longer. I'll tell so you there's what. There's some cool tips and tricks that you can do to metal. In to North the Carolina, there are so many industrial buildings or schools with metal roofs. You know that they're buying to stay there oh yeah and it's 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 a great heavy gauge product they're doing i mean it makes sense for them to invest the money in that because those roof systems are going to last them a long time those structures aren't going anywhere so the fact that they're installing metal roofs that's why because they want roof systems that are going to last if you've got a business it makes a statement when you've invested in your infrastructure oh yeah i mean we have a metal roof on our building good for you you also have a metal shop, and explain to me. I I know that you you can manufacture gutters. You did mention that. You can also manufacture the things that, um, the 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 metal that comes through the roof. What do you call them? Intrusions. Metal that comes through the roof. Yeah, like you know the the gas pipe that the from the hot, no, no, no. hot water this- here. You that, don't do that. Yeah, that's not our. That's a HVAC or plumber that would come out oh, and okay. do the replacement on those. But All what right. we do do is we make sure that that pipe is watertight with that roof system. At the bottom, there's a flange, and right. that that is what roofers do is make sure that that's watertight. Okay. But replacing the pipe is not. That's usually something that we'll have an HVAC contractor or a plumber do. Oh, okay. Depending right. on what that pipe is for, whether it's for a furnace or a hot water heater. Okay. Where do where do a typical um, roofs fail on residential structures? Uh, well, that all depends too. But okay. yes, the vulnerable areas, penetrations, anywhere there's a hole cut in the roof, right? Uh, flashing areas. Uh, you've got the eaves. If there's not drip edge and you know the improper gutter system. It could be in the field of the roof system that uh, maybe the shingles were not nailed properly, where you got shingles slipping and sliding or um, nails exposed. They're causing nail pops and that rust out and cause leaks. So there's a lot of different determining factors that can cause those penetration, those intrusion right. okay. areas. Uh, do your installers who work for RoofWorks, do they hand nail or use the a gun uh, and we, does it matter uh, we've done both i mean it doesn't for us like I, we, i've talked about this before the older generation before nail guns were really a thing mm-hmm. they were brought up hand nailing and so that's how they were taught they did it for years and they right. stuck to what they knew but with the nail guns and technology that's nail guns actually are better for the guys because for them bending over in their backs right it's actually it's easier for them to use nail guns from a health standpoint. But the big thing is just knowing what you're doing and being trained properly so that you don't have too much pressure on that gun. You're not popping those nails too hard through right, right. those shingles. And uh, as long as you know it, as long as you're doing it right, neither one are right or wrong. 
I'm thinking there's a thousand ways to mess this up. Now, your guys don't do that. But think about the broader industry. There's a thousand things that could go wrong on one simple roof. Yeah, and I think a lot of it is just education. I mean, if you're going to have someone on the cruise that, you know, they're green is what we call them. They just need to make sure that they're working under mentors that are training them. Get them the right training, first and foremost, safety. Because that's the first thing they need, they need to do is make sure they're safe on that roof system. Right. And then from there, just learning the trade and learning the skill. All right. We're going to talk about quality roofs in just a little bit. I found that cup. The, the, is it certainty? Who, who is the, the, the... Oh, yeah. Rich. That brought you the certainty cup. Certainty. Yeah. Oh, it gave me the, gave me <laughs> the best... I think it's iron. Best stainless steel... Heavier than the coffee. Um, uh, pro tip: Don't put it in the microwave. <laughs> I'm just, I'm just saying. Not that I actually did that, but you know, that's pro tip. But, but the certainty people, you like those, the, those shingles. Oh yeah, so we love certainty. I mean, first of all, certainty is local. They have one of the biggest plants in the world right here in Oxford. Yeah, they. Uh, there's just many reasons why we just have a great relationship with them. We truly believe in their products. Yeah. We believe in, you know, their personnel. We believe in their warranties. They have some of the best warranties on the market, not just for residential, but also for multifamily. Yeah. And so there's reasons we yeah. are teamed up with certainty. It's not so much for us more so than it is for our customers because when you have a product that you truly believe in, yes. that's what it's about. I want to make sure that we're selling, you know, the best product on the market with the best warranties and that's why, I mean, right. certainty hands down is where it's at. Can I get 25 years on my uh, brand new roof? Yeah, you can and you can get a 25-year warranty too. And a 20- Workmanship warranty with you know, extended warranty on defects of the products. It's, it's funny because we're we're talking about two things at once, and, and I don't know what they are. The first one is the warranty. Yes. Right? That's when uh, it goes something goes wrong. It's been 15 years, not 25. Somebody comes and takes care of me. That's my warranty. The other thing is I can really get 25 years out of these shingles. And I might be able to squeeze out two or three more. Yeah? Yeah, and you're covered. I mean, if you get the best warranty that certain Teed has, yes. it's going to cover you all the way through to your next roof replacement. It doesn't get any better than that. Wow. It really doesn't. Okay. Holly Bowers from RoofWorks is here on Making Your Home Great, FM 98.5, AM 680, WPTF. FM 98.5 AM 680 WPTF, making your home great. Holly Bowers from RoofWorks. Uh, Holly, you, on the question of what great projects are you involved in, there's a house, is it in Cary, that where they're putting cedar shakes? No, that's not at the coast. So that's on the we're coast? We're doing a heavy uh, treated cedar shake job at the coast, and then yeah. we're also doing a uh, Luduichi green tile remodel job at a house out here in North Hills. All right. So those Des- are those are two really cool projects. All right. Describe to me that last. You, you, it's Luduichi, Luduichi. Gr- uh, green tile, which is some of the best that you can get. I mean, t- Luduichi brand is the best tile on the market. Really? It is. I'll never have it. 
There's just no way. <laughs> I'll never have it. No, but you know those, like, you, if you drive through the uh, Five Points area, you yeah. see quite a few homes that have, you know, that slate and tile. Well, you know how those Five Points Yeah, but that's are. that's the real deal. That stuff is beautiful. Those homes are beautiful. With they those are beautiful. Systems they are beautiful. Eh, you know, they want to be in Five Points. Oh, sure. You know, <laughs> I... I, I love that spot. I like being I like in Middlesex and Fuquay, you know, but if you want to be in Five Points, sure. I just like the architecture, you know. It's like yeah. you don't see houses that are built like that anymore. Yes. They're just throwing them up. I mean, that's that's real deal, like craftsmen that goes into yeah. those bungalows and all, all those houses downtown. Right. right. Uh, long ago, we had a fella who was on this show under a, a different uh, regime. I mean, we would... We've done the show, stopped the show, and started it again. But we're on for good now. That guy, all he wanted to talk about that was the cottages. And the, um, what was it? The, the uh, missionary, mission style, mission style homes in the Five Points area. Um, they're beautiful homes. I'm sorry I mocked you, but, you know, <laughs> how many people could I have mocked? No, I just like I said, it's it's cool when you go to old historic areas yes. like that and see that that the structures are still there. People aren't tearing them down. I mean, that's that's just that's what makes it beautiful. It is. It is. Holly Bowers from RoofWorks is here talking about all the stuff they do. Lots of stuff. Lots of stuff. Like just. just because we talked about this at the beginning of the show, but we need to... So repair and maintenance, uh, full replacements, annual maintenance plans, uh, gutter cleaning, roof inspections, skylights, uh, metal fabrication, all types of roof systems. We do commercial, multifamily, and residential. So essentially, if you have any issue with your roof at all, no matter what kind of roof it is, call us because we've got someone on that team that can help you out. If you've got a house and a business, you know, consider this the, your entree to quality service on that business. Yeah, and that's, and I'm telling you, it's not, I mean, we, we have one of the best teams around town. We've got people that specialize in each one of these facets, right? which makes us very unique because we've got guys coming with years and years and years of experience. They know what they're doing. They know these individual yeah. products. And right. so call us because we're going to lead you in the right direction. We're going to give you the best advice and we just want to help you out. Well, Brock Emmons has uh, wandered into the studio with purpose and design, <laughs> he says, "All right, I, I got to get involved in this." Um, how are you doing, Brock? Oh, I'm doing okay. How are you guys doing today uh, on this uh, happy Saturday we're having? It is a happy Saturday. Last time I had Holly Bowers on the show, I ran out of questions at exactly twelve forty. No, one forty-five. <laughs> I was fifteen minutes before go time, and I had nothing. <laughs> had nothing now left. I've, I've squeezed it into six minutes left. Well, what's uh, what's you know interesting about what Holly was just talking about is when yeah. you're when you're a contractor, you see I don't know hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of homes. Yeah. In in a year, so when you've been a contractor for 15, 20, 30 years, you've seen thousands of homes. Right. So the ones that stand out to you are the unique ones, mm-hmm. right? The ones that 
weren't demoed, that they went in and, and did proper renovations or yeah. the, the design of the house was unique and, and different from what we see in the past. And those are the, that, those are the kind of things that kind of, that excite us. We enjoy being able to put up a roof on a, on a really unique looking home or right. my guys coming in and fully sealing a crawl space of a 130 year old house. I mean, those are yeah. really cool projects to be able to take on and give you the kind of experience that you can feel confident moving forward. You know, I've done that before. No problem. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like we put a, a built JJ made a custom copper cupola that we put on a house. And nice. it's, I mean, it's beautiful. That's yeah. just like that specialty handcrafts workmanship that you get. And I mean, it's, it's rare to have things like that. And for us to have guys that can actually do that with their hands. A copper cupola. Copper cupola. I can't imagine what that is. And he does. I mean, there's so many cool things that those guys make back there in that shop. No, I mean, really, I have no idea what a cupola is. <laughs> I'll show you a picture. You show me a picture. Yeah. <laughs> you, just can't, you just can't describe it, Dave. It's Because you won't understand it. If I see a picture, yes. Copper cupola. But yeah, like Brock said, I mean, when you when you do so many over these years, I mean, it's just it's that, it's that time and tenure and skill set that you get yeah. from... Just that right there. Yeah, guys you who can't, in, you can't put a price on people that have that kind of background. Right. Guys who have been in the industry, guys and girls that have been in the industry as long as they have, they they like challenges. They like being able to take on something unique. Yeah. You know, and it's not just our fields. It's think about the guy who installs the pools, right? Oh yeah. He's probably installed five hundred pools that look like a kidney, uh, whatever, a kidney bean, mm -hmm. or what the, you yeah. know, the 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 standard pool that just about everybody has, but yeah. when Somebody wants them to put in a really fancy, elaborate pool. Those right. are the things that excite those guys. You know, yeah. the landscape guys that came onto the show a couple of weeks ago, they said they love doing the hardscapes, the custom work. Right. It's different, it's unique, it's a lot of fun. Very good. Holly Bowers from Roofworks and uh, um, Brock Emmons of Triangle Radiant Barrier in the studio. Holly floated a question, and it's really, we're coming to the end. I, I, I'd like somebody to answer her question, and your question was... Uh, what is a roof gable? What is a roof gable? You know? Yes. He does know. Of course, I've <laughs> been in construction for a while. Roof gable. Nobody's called in with Nobody's the answer? Nobody's called in. Just, really? You can let the show go, and then hopefully, right. someone, hopefully will somebody will come in and check out. Well, I, I don't know. Maybe we should make it easier. You got another question? <laughs> I mean, I thought that was a pretty easy question. You thought that? <laughs> maybe it's not. It's not. What roof? does your roof protect? <laughs> Is there that easy go. enough? That's a good question. Yeah, what does your roof protect? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. how do you know when you have a leak? <laughs> we had a... Sometimes you don't. Sometimes you don't find out until it's too late and then it's rotted behind your walls and yep. so that's yep. kind of a trick question right this there. last week we had a customer that we went out and inspected their attic and they were convinced that they had a roof leak yeah so we we started up there and my guys should have started where they noticed the damage obviously but yeah uh when they were unable to locate the leak they went back downstairs and checked where the damage was located and Realized very quickly that was not water. That was uh, some sort of critter that had been in the attic and was using uh, the 
using the bathroom on the back of the drywall. So sometimes that. it's not always a roof leak. It can be another variable. Yeah, <laughs> right. we found we went and uh, found another cracked uh, methane pipe in the attic. Oh. So that was we ran into that twice in the in the past month, which is kind of surprising. We don't see that very often, but they thought it was a roof leak, and it was not. It the PVC pipe was cracked. It's a was it. It was, I mean, completely broke off. Luckily, it was just right. a methane pipe. Yeah, right, exactly. Yeah, methane if it was pipe a plumbing that, pipe, they would have had a major problem. It was venting methane. Right, venting methane. And so it somehow, it looked like someone might have, who knows how it got broke. It smells funny in here. Yeah. I would think that would be the one thing I would notice. Because <laughs> we all know what methane smells like. Yeah, that's. You know, to a certain extent. You'd be surprised. A couple of years ago, we had a customer call us out for uh, smells. Yeah. You know, and the most common is musty smell. There's mold in the, in the crawl space. I open up the crawl space door to get in it. Gas. No, that's a, that's a gas leak. That's gas. You have that's... a gas leak. We need to, you know, shut the gas off, call the gas company. Everybody get out. <laughs> yeah, and critters. Right. I'll tell you what. Critters, yeah. critters cause havoc. I mean, we've just looked at one yesterday they popped up that vinyl soffit and get in that yep. way and then they come out like yep. if you got vinyl siding it's really easy for them to get in all right too. we gotta go holly bowers thank you from roofworks and this is making your home great the following is a paid program and the views expressed are those of the hosts and guests and do not reflect the opinions of wptf or curtis media group information provided is of a general nature listeners seeking specific advice should contact a licensed professional in the appropriate area from home repair to remodeling, this is making your home great. FM 98.5 AM 680 WPTF. Making your home great with Brock Emmons. How you doing? I am doing well. How are you? You're good. The, uh, I always ask you and I always forget. Is this, um, is this uh, radiant barrier season or is this... Uh, seal the uh the crawl space uh kind of kind of season yeah right radiant barrier season is is once it starts getting just a little bit warmer normally in the, the mid mid 70s early 80s for is, the for the comfort of your workers right they wait until the ambient temperature is yeah. 80 and it's 100 in the attic yeah it would be really really swell if all of our customers could call us out between November and, and the uh, end of February to insulate yeah. their attics. Oh, yeah. But, no, we are not that lucky. Um, we're, our busy season is when it's blazing hot, unfortunately. Yeah. So it does make it a little bit more difficult, um, makes the days a little bit shorter. We can only have these guys in attic spaces for so long before right. it's a potential risk to their health so we right. we normally pull guys out of the attic by around noon to, to 12 30 in the afternoon yeah um, and obviously advise them to take as many water breaks as, as they feel is necessary throughout the day and the hottest it gets is what outside or in the attic in the attic so the hottest temperature we found so far uh was a was a gable uh, excuse me a hip roof um yeah that was up in Durham a couple of years ago, and it was about a 95-degree day. It was middle of August or, or, you know, somewhere around then. And he did not really have adequate ventilation. He had a ridge vent, but with hip roofs that are kind of designed like a pyramid. Yeah. At, at the very top where you would have a ridge, it's, you know, two feet long. Right. For a space that's around 2,000 square feet. So it's just right. not adequate. 
And uh, we temped his attic out at 154. So that was the the hottest that I've found here in North Carolina. Texas, yeah. Texas attics with no ventilation can get into the 160s, 170s uh, in the heat of the it's, summer. So it can get very, very, very hot. The uh, Just to compare, because nobody knows what is 160 or 170. <laughs> the woman who sued McDonald's because of the hot coffee. The coffee, right. That coffee was 180 degrees. 180, yeah. So don't pour <laughs> coffee in your lap. It's um, uh, it, it can be pretty bad. Wow. Um, and, and unfortunately, there are health risks. A couple sure. of years, a couple of years ago, there was a code inspector that passed away here in the area because yeah. you know he was in the attic a little long and unfortunately passed out. And they didn't know about it till a couple hours had gone by oh, before gosh. somebody had checked on him. So. You know, you got to be very careful when it's when it's that hot. Right, right. now, yeah, we're doing a lot of water damage stuff. Um, honestly, the last week we've had a few very peculiar calls, all yeah. that were right in the same category. Homeowners that were concerned with um, mushy, sm- uh, uh, smushy floors, mushy floors, yeah, uh, kind of overwear under a bay window. Now, when okay. we got out, assuming there was some sort of leak in a bay window that was causing damage, maybe even into the crawl space, the subfloor itself, yeah. Yeah. Uh, all three cases, the bay window was, was right over their porch. And when we got into the crawl space and really started inspecting, what we found out is the porches were improperly installed way back when they were put in. Sure. So a lot of us have these porches on the back of our house, right? They're connected to the house. Yeah. They're connected to the house, typically through your rim joists. They put large bolts through the frame of the the deck and then through your house into your crawl space where you put a big washer and a big wing nut and you screw it all together and now it's bolted to the house. Yeah. Well, you got to you got to seal that. You know, you're putting a hole in the side of the house. (laughs) Yeah. And putting a big bolt through it. Um, The bolt is not waterproof. I don't know if, you know, anybody is under the impression that the bolt is going to seal the hole. Oh, yeah. The bolt uh, is self-sealing. Of course. course. You just tighten it up enough and uh, no water will come through. They say, well, we put Loctite on it. Well, that's not going to do it either. Okay. (laughs) So we're... we're, we're Loctite holds one metal piece to another metal piece. Exactly. (laughs) Yeah. So unfortunately, we got down there and pulled the insulation out of the rim joist, and we, we you know, we found where the water damage is, and it, it's yeah. pretty evident it's coming in from where these bolts are connecting to the porch to the house. And that's not, I wouldn't say that's overly common. Most porches that I've seen installed, yeah, uh, have been installed correctly. So it was a little strange to get three of those in a week. How would they seal it? Um, you have to back those bolts out. Yeah. Um, you can do a, a, a water sealant on the outside, one on the inside, put the bolt through, then you can spray foam everything to get it sealed up. Right. Uh, there's a few different ways that you can go about it, but it just none of them were done. Yeah. So unfortunately, these poor customers are going to have to unhook the deck, pull it off the house, uh, and actually repair foundation, uh, not foundation, uh, structural wood inside the crawl space i mean it's going to turn into a very expensive problem for them and yeah. we weren't the guys to do it well you know we seal crawl spaces but sure. you're going to want to bring in a structural engineer you need an engineer's letter you want to bring in a framer that's able to do this kind of work so 
we guided them in the right direction, got them in contact with one of our engineers that we work with, yeah. got them in contact with one of our framers that we work with, right. and they're going to help them you know, from there. But luckily, they reached out to us, and we found the problem, and we're able to direct them to the right people to get that problem corrected. And, and curiously, you're not taking on that job just because you found it? No. Um, look, I don't... I don't I don't want to toot our own horn or anything, but yeah. we're, we're not lacking business. We've got plenty okay. of business. So we, we can confidently go out and, and be honest with homeowners. Sure. We're not trying to sell them anything. We're trying to find the problem. Right. And if that problem happens to fall under the category of something that we do, sure. we'd be more than happy to give our services to get it corrected. But if it doesn't, I'm not going to lie to a homeowner and try to guide them back over to us again. I'm going yeah. to point them in the right direction. Say, yeah. this is the issue. This is the guy to fix it. You know, good luck. Good heavens. I'm, I'll bet there are ticking time bombs in that whole neighborhood. I mean, are these were these homes built by the same people? So two of the homes were in the same neighborhood. Yeah. So I'm going to assume it was probably the same guy who came out and did the porches. Now, these yeah. homes were... 20 years old, and those were the porches that were put on originally. So the damage was pretty severe. We're talking 15, 20 years of, of water damage. Um, the other one was no. It was on the other side of the, the city. Okay. Uh, but it was weird to get three of those in a week. You were talking about all the professionals they should call immediately. Actually, I'm the guy who's going to say, get a lawyer. Call the lawyer. <laughs> In a situation like this, you need lawyers, guns, and money, or at least a combination of two. It's disappointing the code inspectors missed it. You know, yeah. That's kind of their job is to go through there and, and inspect anything that's structurally mounted to the side of a house. Uh, but somehow they got missed in the inspections as well. And that house had been sold twice, so that means multiple inspectors had been through there and, uh, and missed it. Which is why I've said, you know, inspectors have a very difficult job. Yeah. Um, you think plumbers have a difficult job. That's one licensed trade. Uh, HVAC is one licensed trade. Electrical, one licensed trade. And then you get into the framing. You get into the, the mounting. You Which get into is, the insulation. Is not a licensed? No, those are not licensed okay. uh, here in North Carolina. But these inspectors have to know about all of it. Right. So when they go out to homes, it's very easy to miss minor things when you're looking for everything. Right. So stuff gets missed, and that's why I've, I've told listeners before, having an inspector come out and look at a property before you purchase it is a good idea. Sure. Don't put all your eggs in that basket. Yeah. Okay, don't just trust the word of an inspector. Okay, there's, there's a lot of variables that go into doing a proper home inspection, so right. just be cautious before you pick that guy or right. girl. Right. This is a, a, a minor... Um, detour into explaining what you do. I think we're going to start fresh and describe what you do because clearly you're not doing that 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 porch job. No, but <laughs> but he's doing he's doing other stuff and it's busy. It is, yeah. It we're is. we're always busy. That's good. All right, Brock Hammonds of Triangle Radiant Barrier on making your home great. FM ninety eight five. Uh, AM 680 WPTF. FM 98.5 AM 680 WPTF. So far on the show, we've talked to Brock Emmons of Triangle Radiant Barrier 
about things that he doesn't do. <laughs> but but you know, in addition to the radiant barrier in the attic, yeah, you seal crawl spaces. What does that mean? Well, crawl space. Most of us have ventilated crawl spaces. Yeah, uh, you got all the little vents on the outside of the house. And yes, the logic is you're letting air flow under the house to okay. make sure that the humidity stays low enough with the airflow that sure. you don't get any kind of growth. Okay. Now, the reason growth is, is problematic is any any type of mold, mold consumes whatever it's growing on. Yeah. So if you have a lot of mold growing on the wood structure underneath your house, it's, a, it's you know, every day it's eroding a little bit worse than it was the day before to yeah. eventually the point where you're having to rip out the floors, you're having to redo a lot of the framing. It, it's a very expensive problem to have. Sure. So... North Carolina has a very unique high relative humidity problem. Ventilated crawl spaces work fairly well in most states in the country. But mm-hmm. in North Carolina, it's taking hot, humid, moist air that's outside and shoving it down in a crawl space and making it a little bit worse. Yeah. So a lot of the houses that we crawl underneath, we find a lot of mold, a lot of growth. And it's common enough. You've told us 90% of the houses you crawl under you see some level of mold. Probably even more than that. More yeah, than it's, that. It, probably 95%. Very rarely do we get into a crawl space and we don't find any mold. Now, when people say mold, I'd say 20 years ago, somebody said, oh, yeah. Oh, it was a panic attack oh, 20 years yeah. ago. Let's 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 pray for them. The, the Johnsons have found out right. they have mold. Yeah, and, uh, you know, I hear horror stories from some of my clients that, yeah. oh, well, 20 years ago, you know, we had to come in and do mold remediation. It was like ten thousand dollars. It was fifteen thousand dollars, and that, yeah. those numbers just just absolutely baffle me. Um, mold remediation, or well, at least with us, I, I suppose I can't talk about how everybody else charges, but the 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 worst mold, the absolutely worst mold that we run into, we typically recommend doing dry ice remediation, yeah. which happens to be the most expensive option we offer for mold remediation. Yeah, uh, because you know it's dry ice. We own the equipment, but we have to bring in bins of this stuff. It's it's very labor intensive. Yeah, but even the most expensive mold remediation we did on a home, I think it was a forty two hundred square foot ranch. Yeah, so we're talking forty two hundred square feet of mold remediation under a house. Right, I think it was like six, six or seven thousand was yeah. the most I yeah. think I've ever seen on one of the residential homes we've done. Your average, uh, fifteen hundred to three grand, and and that'll pretty much get all the mold underneath the house killed. Yeah. Um, now, what you need to be cautious with is if you have a company come out to do mold remediation, you need to verify they they do carry mold insurance, standard policies, umbrella policies, general liability policies do not cover mold remediation. Right. Okay, in order for us to get our insurance, we had to get BPI and CRMI certified as a sure, mold remediation yeah. company. What is that? Oh, <laughs> taking classes. Oh, yeah, <laughs> that's, okay. You know, that's Making right. sure that you're educated on, on what you're actually doing. Right. Now, the reason that's important, let's say you have uh, Bob, you know, who comes in and remediates all your mold for you with his cousin, Dan, yep. who yeah. showed up to help. Bob, Bob and Dan. Right. They cover yeah. your crawl space and bleach which is what most of these guys do. They could just go down there and they spray bleach on everything. And then your daughter has a chemical reaction of some kind, an yeah. asthmatic reaction, sure, something. 
and you have to go back to Bob because that ended up costing thousands of dollars at the hospital. Yeah. And you try to go after Bob's insurance company, and they say, no, no, we don't cover mold insurance. That's not part of our policy. You have to go after Bob. And Bob's going to close his LLC and just go <laughs> open up another one, and now you're you're stuck with all, all the medical bills and, and everything that happened. So yeah. it's very important to confirm that the business that you are hiring to do this can provide you with their mold insurance. Right. If they don't have it, that's a big red flag, and you probably want to keep looking. And if somebody says, for instance, um, in answer to the question, do you have mold insurance? Don't worry, sir. If it ever comes back, I'm gonna I'm gonna help you out. Yeah. <laughs> is is that mold insurance? No. That's just a guy saying whatever he needs to to get your name on the end of the yeah, that's, contract. that's on the word of the person trying to sell you something. Right. So uh, just just be cautious. Uh, unfortunately, if you get on Google right now and you start looking it up, there's there's a lot of these that have happened. Yeah. Just wasn't done properly or there was a chemical reaction to the stuff that they were using. Right. And that's what happens. They just close their company and they open up another one. It was an LLC and you're stuck with all the bills. So yeah. Protect yourself. Make sure that you get a copy of their mold insurance so at least you know that they're trained to be doing this kind of work and somebody is backing them up if it doesn't go the right way. All right. So you do mold remediation. We do. There are options on this. Oh, yes. The most expensive we just found out is the dry dry ice. ice. Mm -hmm. Um, What are the other options? Well, like we were just talking about, technically you can go down there and cover everything with bleach. However, there's, there is actually a couple of different types of, of growths, organic uh, fungal growths and bacterial growths that yeah. bleach doesn't really just do the trick. So it depends on what you're down there remediating. Right. Uh, you can use a fungicide. You can use a concrobium, which are typically plant-based uh, products, which is what we use primarily. Yeah. They seem to do much better against funguses and, and different types of molds. But then it's about how clean do you want the surface? Now, if you think about it, if you're in your crawl space and you're looking at the wood, yeah. and it's got a bunch of mold on it. You can just spray the mold and then walk away. Now, if you spray the mold, it's going to kill the mold, but yeah. you're going to see the remnants and the staining yeah. that the mold left. Now, I'm going to sell a house in two years. I don't want that. No, you don't, because that inspector doesn't know it was ever remediated. All you did was spray it. It still looks like it's mold, even yeah. though it's dead. Yeah. So then there's the next level. You spray it, and you go through with a soda blaster, which is a baking soda blasting machine. And that actually blasts most of the surface mold, along with about 70 to 80% of the embedded staining out of the wood. Yeah. And you could do dry ice. Again, if the mold is really, really bad, that's normally what we recommend, because it kills the mold instantly dead on contact yes but it's so abrasive and it comes out with so much velocity it then takes all the staining out of the wood all the lumber looks brand new yeah so there's levels of remediation right now most crawl spaces i might find 50 to 200 square feet of mold well Mm. you don't need to blast that we can go down there and do spot remediation it's a lot cheaper right um but to get back to your question why do you seal the crawl space yeah it's to prevent that from happening mold can grow very quickly and even if you remediate all the mold today but you leave your crawl space ventilated mold might be back in there 
just within a couple of months. And it's not the same old mold. You kill the mold, but more mold spores come in. Well, it's cause and effect. Okay, so when we go in there and kill the mold, yeah. all we've done is remediated the the effect. Right. Well, what caused it? Well, what caused it is the high relative humidity. If you've got a lot of humidity down there, you have moisture. Right. Mold needs m- water, food, and air, just like me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So if there's no water, if you've choked off the humidity and there's no moisture in the air, there is no mold. You leave it ventilated. The next rainstorm, you're putting moist air in the crawl space. Humidity comes up, and you start getting new growth. So okay. you want to nip the problem before it happens, and that's why you would encapsulate or seal your crawl space. Uh, that would prevent that type of stuff from happening again. Okay. Again, do I have options? Many. Many? Yeah. Talk to me about the cheapest one, because I'm the cheapest customer you're ever going to find. Okay. So what's the cheapest one? So I tell customers, um, and this is just from 20 years of experience, I put a sensor in every crawl space we work in, whether they encapsulate it or not. I do that so I can hook it up to the customer's phones, and they can read the data on their own. So I get a lot of feedback, a lot of feedback from actual statistical facts, right? So what we have learned is the dehumidifier is what does all the work. Okay. Everything else you do down there is to assist the dehumidifier. If you have a crawl space with poor vapor barrier and your vents are open, we can put up a dehumidifier down there. It's not going to work very well. That's like running the air conditioner with all the windows open in the house. I would assume they burn out. Right. So you seal the vents. Now the DHU has a closed environment to run in. Now your plastic is poor, so your dehumidifier is running six to eight hours a day, but you're maintaining low relative humidity. Mm -hmm. It lasts a year, two, three years, and it goes out. Sure. Right? So now you put in new plastic. Now that DHU's running two hours a day. Okay. And now you're getting five, six years of life out of it. Yeah. Now you seal the walls. You encapsulate the crawl space. Now it's running 30 minutes a day, and you're getting seven to 10 years life expectancy on the DHU yeah. with, with good general maintenance. So the DHU is what does everything. Everything else you do is to assist. So if you're trying to go cheap, you put in a DHU, yeah. you seal the vents, yeah. and you put a sensor down there to monitor it. Sure. So that way you know that everything that you just did is working properly. If it's not quite working that much, maybe you put in new plastic. Sure. Okay, so you can start low, but I do recommend, if that's the direction you're going, start off with a dehumidifier. That's going to make the biggest impact down there and going to yield the fastest return. All right. We now know more about mold and <laughs> and dehumidifiers than we thought we were going to know we've got more with brock emmons of triangle radiant barrier coming up in just uh seconds after our, our news broadcast on making your home great fm 98.5 am 680 this is wptf
FM 98.5, AM 680, WPTF, making your home great with Brock Emmons of Triangle Radiant Barrier. And we've gotten through this whole, you know, um, encapsulating the crawl space. It means different things at different levels. That's right. So what if I go for the whole shebang? Mm -hmm. What am I putting on the walls? So you have a few different options when it comes to the walls. Yeah. Um, where we we actually know for a fact where we separate ourselves from our competition is the amount of different things we offer for each category. Yeah. So a lot of crawl space companies will say, we're selling your crawl space. It's this kind of plastic. It's this kind of wall insulation. It's this kind of dehumidifier sign here. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Ours, it's these are the five different types of plastic you can go with. These yeah. are the three different kinds of wall insulation you can go with. These are the different dehumidifiers you can go with. Right. We just give options. My job is just to educate, just to explain the different options to them, tell them what they can gain or what yeah. they're going to lose with or without something. Yeah. So with us, wall insulation, code requirement in North Carolina is it has to be an R10 or better. So there's three different types of insulations that will pass code in North Carolina. The first one being spray foam. Okay. Now, in a crawl space, you use a closed cell spray foam. What does that mean? Closed means closed. It's non-permeable. It doesn't breathe. It doesn't allow moisture and humidity to pass through it. Okay. Open cell breathes. It, it does allow moisture and humidity to pass through it. That's what oh. you would spray foam in attic, yeah, with, I don't for want example. That. Yeah, I don't want that down down below. No, that would defeat the purpose. Yeah. So there's option one. Option two is a foam board. Now there's, I don't know, 20 different manufacturers on the market that make different kinds of foam boards. Right. We carry the, the top of the pyramid. It's a bora foam, uh, which is a very fancy foam board that's infused with borate. Borate is a termite treatment. So this is a termite infused treated foam board. Yeah. Um, and the third option is a proprietary wall insulation that we've talked about on the show many times that yeah. we help the manufacturer create uh, that we call triplex or crawl barrier. Mm-hmm. That is going to be the cheapest cost. That's one of the reasons we went to the manufacturer and had that product created because yeah. we wanted to be able to offer our customers a cheaper option. And that being said, it's what I have in my home and it is amazing. It okay. works just as good as either of the other two options. Otherwise, we would not carry it. So those are the three options, spray foam, foam boards, or the proprietary product we use. And that product that you use, that you have in your home, is it a foam board? No. It no. is a rollout reflective grade bubble insulation with an extruded uh, foam polymer insert. Yes. So it has a vapor barrier built into one side and has a reflective grade insulation on the other, which will help retain heat in the crawl space in the winter, which in turn helps to make your floors a lot warmer. Uh, It's a very, very neat product. Um, And we've had, I don't know, probably 800 code inspections since uh, the product's inception uh, about a year and a half ago. Yeah. And even the code inspectors are like, whoa, this, this stuff is great. Yes. So we're we're getting really good feedback to the point where our other company, our you know distribution company, is now selling this product to a, a great deal of crawl space companies uh, in North Carolina, in Virginia, yeah. and in South Carolina. So the product itself is really taken off. Okay. So once I've done that, 
you leave a sensor down. Right. What's it? What's an ideal or a a correct relative humidity underneath my house? So the sweet spot is forty five percent relative humidity to as high as about sixty sixty five. Yeah. We set our dehues, for example, at fifty five percent. Okay. So we right there in the middle. Try to you know put it uh, right where it needs to be. Uh, at 55 to 60 percent, there's not enough moisture in the air to produce condensation. So if you were to stick a moisture reader in the wood, for example, it would just read double zeros. Well, well, that's what I want. Yeah, if there's no moisture in the woods, you're not getting any growth. And that's fungal, bacterial, mold. I mean, it, it eliminates all of them. Yeah. Now, I don't know if you guys have noticed or not, but all of our property values seem to be going up by the day. So it is a fairly decent investment sure. to do to your home to not only protect it, but also increase the value. Now, why would this increase the value? Yep. Fully encapsulating your crawl space is a capital gain improvement, which is why when we encapsulate customers' crawl spaces, we issue them a capital gain affidavit. Mm-hmm. This increases the value of the home because it makes it the same thermal boundary as the rest of the home. Okay. So it is a good idea. You're increasing your property's value right. and protecting it from damage long term by right. making this investment. Now, it's not as pretty as the new countertops. It's not as cool as Craig's new tongue and groove, you know, oh, yeah. the floors these guys can come in. It's not as fancy as the new bathroom that you can get remodeled. Uh, we're going to pull the bathroom out anyway when we buy it. But I can tell you, when we're done with your crawl space, you'll take your shoes off to get under the house. Yeah. We want it looking like that. Really? Yep. Okay. Yeah, I've seen pictures. It, it almost, you know, from a distance in the dark, it almost looks like you've drywalled the walls it's it's like something from a space age film where they're talking about the containment area mm-hmm. where they're where the scientists work mm-hmm. it looks like a clean room it can you know if you um if any of our listeners uh, will reach out to us you know our estimates are free we'll come out and do a a GoPro inspection. So my guy will get down there with a GoPro camera. We'll yeah. get video and photos of what the crawl space looks like. Uh, we'll do a Zoom meeting with you and walk you through each individual option. But our estimates, there's a very large portion under our estimates that are upgrades. Right. And those upgrades, it's like a buffet. Okay. You can go through and pick and choose what you like and what you don't like. And yeah. we'll send you a contract for whatever you would prefer, as long as it doesn't violate code. So we've got upgrades like stringing in LED lights and hooking them up to a remote at the door. So when you go in there and you flip it on, the whole crawl space lights up like you're in your living room. Oh, yeah. Right? Different types of plastics. We can do sanitization, manually wipe down all your plumbing, your electric, your HVAC. Mm. Okay? Really sanitize it down there. Sump pumps, basins, French drains. Right. We can replace your crawl space door with a custom-made PVC door. Okay. Most of us have a wood door yeah. over there on the side of the house. That's what I have. Well, wood warps. It gaps. You know, it give, does. give it enough time, it's going to erode and fall apart, and you have to replace it. We do PVC doors. You can throw that in the lake for a year, fish it out of there. It's going to be straight as an arrow. Yeah. So it's a one-time thing. So these are all upgrades on our estimate. Right. Again, my job is just to walk them through the estimate, 
answer their questions, then stand back and let them pick and choose what they think is best suited for their home. Right. Now, when you did this checklist, because yeah. you did it with your house, yep. um, did you get the biggest uh, uh, DHU that you could find? So my house, my, my personal home, has a partially renovated basement. So yeah. I have a full-size door uh, out of my basement that leads into my crawl space, which is a fairly small area. It's only yeah. about three to 400 square feet. Oh, okay. So I have a, uh, an April Air, which are the dehumidifiers that we highly, highly recommend. Yeah. Uh, I've got one of the April Air units that are set up for a space uh, at 500 square feet. Mm-hmm. But you put a big one in there, it's going to short cycle and cause more problems than it solves. You want to make sure you get the right size dehumidifier. That's okay. very important. All right. All right. You told me before the show that you've been involved in some interesting radon projects. Yeah. Uh, people don't associate you with radon, but it is a gas that comes up from the soil. Right. And and here you are. You're there. So tell me about your work there. So most most of our customers that we run into radon issues with are are newly purchasing the homes. Uh, included when you purchase a home, they come out and they obviously do inspections, but they also do a radon test. Yeah. So if a home buyer um, gets feedback that there's elevated radon content in the soil of the home they're about to purchase, they get online and they start looking up ways to remediate that. And they come across our company because yeah. we're we are listed as as somebody that does specialize in that kind of work. So what we normally recommend is we uh, try to guide them to purchase a uh, whole house air things kit, which is a digital monitoring system. It's about three hundred dollars, mm-hmm. but you put the sensor in the crawl space and you can monitor radon uh, among uh, other items like high relative humidity, temperature, mold content, airborne right. contaminants. It's yeah. actually really fancy. But if it shows that you are getting pretty consistently uh, elevated radon, which is more prominent in the colder months, that it's typically when we feel a lot of those phone calls is in the colder months. It's when it's a little bit more problematic. Uh, But if we run into that and we realize that, yeah, you got a little bit of elevated radon down here, we can install a radon mitigation system, uh, which will... And it proven, since the customer still has the sensor, they see once it's installed, I mean, the radon content just drops all the way through the floor yeah. once one of these things is put in. But it's a fan that runs 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Yeah. Um, you have to run it out of the crawl space, up the side of your house, and above your gutter. Oh, yeah. It's got to be yeah. – it got to vent away from people. Correct. Yeah. Right. Uh, we uh, about a year ago we ran into a customer that already had one, and the person who installed it ran it up just to under the gutter. Yeah. And I said, "What you're doing is you're venting your radon through your soffit vent into your attic. Yeah. So you're taking it from the crawl space and putting it in the attic. So it's it's actually code requirement. You got to go up above the gutter to ensure that that doesn't make its way back into the the home. Right. So there is a a right and a wrong way to have it done. Make sure you you find a contractor that can do it correctly. Wow. Is there any other chemical, any other thing that I need to worry about in my crawl space? Because I wouldn't have even thought of radon. Yeah. Uh, is there anything else? Yeah. Yeah. We, uh, As a matter of fact, a couple of weeks ago, I think I kind of made a joke to Holly right before she left. Uh, you might have even overheard me, but yeah. uh, wasn't that long ago, customer reached out and said, I've got funny smells 
coming up from the crawl space. Now that's that's common. You know, that's the most common call sure. we get. But we go out there under the assumption we're going to run into mold. You know, white mold produces a, a musty smell. So sure. that's what we're going out looking for. And uh, my technician was actually called in sick that day, so I filled in. And I went out to do the inspection myself, and she told me. You know, I met her at her, her threshold of her front door, and she said, "Yeah, I'm, I'm getting funny smells in the house." And so no problem. Went down there and opened up the crawl space door and stuck my head in and got blasted with gas. It's like that's not musty. That's gas. You, that's have, a, you, have, a, you gas. have a natural gas leak. Well, you need to get out of the house. Let's call the gas company. So, you know, I, I don't know. Yeah, some people they they smell things very differently than others. But I said, no, we've got a safety concern here. I need you and the kids and the, <laughs> yes. the dog, the cat, and the bird. Let's all get out of here and go Turn call off. somebody. Click off or blow out the votive candle that's yeah. sitting right there on the windowsill. Please, please don't light your cigarette in your living room. No. That's not going to wow. be a good idea. So it was wow. it was very lucky. Um, uh, she was just as sweet as she could be and felt sure. very blessed that she yeah. reached out to us when she did because that uh, could have caused another issue had it not been corrected well, immediately. Well, yeah, like explosion. So, yeah, that's another reason you – about once a year, you probably okay. want to reach out and have somebody come out and just take a look, make Test sure everything, catch. make sure everything's working okay. Yeah, we've talked about the fact that what I really want in my house is a sensor that senses everything. Mm. I want below the house. I want want uh, I want the relative humidity. I want in the attic or crawl space. I want a I want a temperature gauge mm-hmm. and relative humidity. Not that a I maybe need it, but I want it. Are we moving in that direction that my house is going to be so smart it's going to report all these problems? We're already there. Uh, that, that's the whole house air things monitoring kit. Yeah. Um, you can get one that have uh, – so they come with two sensors. One is in the crawl space. One is in the living space. Yeah. Or you upgrade to the next option where you get three sensors. Yes. So now you get one for the crawl, one for the house, one for the attic. Yes. And those will monitor airborne contaminants. They'll monitor relative humidity. It monitors temperature. It monitors mold content. And it is a radon detection system. <laughs> so it, it links to your phone, and it runs through your, your modem and your Wi-Fi router. So you can be anywhere in the world yes. and check the data whenever you want. And you can set it up to send you emergency text messages. If the radon gets above this, send me an emergency message. If the humidity gets above this, do the same. If my attic gets above, you know, whatever temperature you think is insane, yeah. make sure to message me and let me know about it. So it kind of does it all for you, and it just messages you if there's a problem. This is Star Trek. It's neat. It's fancy. Yeah, yeah. we like. And for three hundred bucks, I mean. I don't think they know what they have yet. I think two, three years down the road, that's going to be a $1,000 sensor. Yeah. But it's kind of new to the market, so they're testing it. So I, I recommend, go go get you one. They're they're brilliant. They work okay. very well. All right. We're talking to Brock Emmons of Triangle Radiant Barrier on making your home great back in just a little bit. FM 98.5 AM 680 WPTF. Making your home great. FM 98.5 AM 680 WPTF. FM 98.5 AM 680 WPTF. Any questions on anything that Brock Emmons 
had a, an idea about, you know, or described to us uh, just a moment ago, um, call us up at 919-860-9783. I will give you the leftover gift certificate from the High Park Bar and Grill uh, just for calling in on making your home great. All right. So this stuff you put in, this foam that you put in underneath, you know, into the crawl space, mm-hmm. it's really kind of like insulation. It is. Yeah, Does the- that, do I plan on any lower heating bills or cooling bills because of that? It's a pretty common question. Um, Unfortunately, I'm not sure where the misinformation came from. Yeah. Uh, There must be a lot of guys out there doing crawl space work that are telling customers, you know, if you do all this, it's going to give you this kind of impact on your utility usage. Yeah. You're going to get this kind of reduction in how much utility you're using. Um, 20 years, there's nothing, no data that has... uh, shown us that doing anything of any kind to your crawl space is going to impact your utility usage. Right. Now, that sounds weird at first because you're thinking, well, there's insulation down there on the subfloor. It's it's obviously there to be insulating. And No, in the winter, your issue is heat loss. So all the heat mm-hmm. in the house is rising to the tallest point, which might be your second floor, mm-hmm. and it's going up into your attic. That's why the top floor is always warm, bottom floor is always cold, sure. right? In the summertime, it's the other way around. Your your the heat that's really impacting your home is coming down from the attic. Right. So the top floor is always hot, and the bottom floor is always cool in yeah. the summer. So there's you're not losing heat through your floor in the winter. The heat's rising. You're not gaining heat from your floor in the summer. Right. It's Twenty degrees cooler in the crawl space than it is outside. So it, there's just nothing that is uh, – no data that we've seen that uh, doing any kind of crawl space work will impact your utility. Now, there is a, a side benefit that customers just absolutely love. One of the problems is when your crawl space is really, really cold, your floors are really, really cold. Yeah. Well, when you encapsulate your crawl space, you insulate all the walls, you seal the exterior penetrations – your crawl space stays between about 60 and 75 degrees year-round. So although it's not really impacting your usage, your floors are not cold anymore. So that is kind of a side benefit yeah. uh, that, that I tell people, but that's about all you can bet on from that kind of impact. All right, let's pick up with Bob in Raleigh. Bob, how you doing? Hey. Yeah, all right, sorry. You I didn't know that was the, the, you, Bob. Uh, Bob, welcome to the program. I'm not going to ask how well you're doing. Thank you. You're welcome. What's now going on? Tell you, I got these here baseball cards. Yeah? Oh, no, wait a minute. That's the wrong show. Wrong show. <laughs> wrong show. You can't sell stuff. Old joy. Anyhow, I got a question for Brock. Yeah. Um, I have a crawl space with the traditional roll-up uh, pink insulation between the joists. Yes, sir. When you come in to do your blasting, I assume all that has to be removed? Yeah, if we do uh, soda blasting, uh, baking soda, it's not necessary. Um, Most of the time, the mold remediation that we're doing is on the base of the floor joists. So using a, a baking soda blaster does not come out too aggressive. 
um, we're able to not cause any damage to the insulation. The dry ice blasting is a completely different story. Uh, that stuff comes out with great velocity uh, and can absolutely shred the insulation. Uh, so in most cases, yes, we do recommend allowing us to pull that insulation out so to do dry ice. Do you jam it back in when you're finished, or do I need to replace it? Depends on the condition of the insulation. Um, well, in most cases... I'm sorry, it's how old? It's 35 years old. It's built in 86. Hard to know with uh, for sure without seeing it. If um, What we want to avoid is putting it on the ground. Uh, that way, if there's any moisture that's on the ground, we obviously don't want that insulation to absorb that moisture before we stick it back up into the subfloor. Yeah. So putting down potentially a tarp and uh, bringing the insulation down, stacking it on the tarp, being able to blast that area... Uh, and then remount it, as long as the insulation is not deteriorated to the point where it's falling apart in our hands, yeah. then I don't foresee it being a problem getting it reinstalled. Uh, but it's falling down now. Well, that could be a little different. Do you have insulation hangers holding this insulation no, up? That, or would... that was going to be my next question. No, I don't. Okay, that's that's probably why. So <laughs> floor joists uh, are typically 16-inch on center. And a bat of insulation is about 18 inches wide. So what most installers do, even though it's incorrect, but what they'll do is they'll just kind of compress the insulation a little bit, shove it up into the cavity, and, and use the natural buoyancy of the material to hold it up. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, that, that works for, for a little, a, little bit. Yeah, right? for a while. Eventually, it absorbs a little moisture. It gains a little weight. It starts sagging down a little bit, and it starts coming down. So... The insulation that has already started to fall, that is not going to be able to be reused. That probably has a little bit of moisture built up in it, uh, which caused it to be a little bit heavier. Makes so sense. Any of the stuff that's fallen down, I would re- I would highly recommend just pulling that out and having that replaced. But anything that's still in contact with the subfloor, uh, more than likely would be able to be saved. All right. Well, we'll factor that in. All right. Bob, um, uh, congratulations I've got the High Park Bar and Grill gift certificate for you. They are the place for lunch and dinners. They've got prime rib, great hamburgers. Ask about the fish. It's it's very good. Um, High Park Bar and Grill. Thank you, Bob. All right. Thank you, Dave. All right. Take care. All right. So you were talking about the utility bill, and I'm thinking about the dehumidifier that you put underneath. Right. I would think that's using some power. A little bit. A little bit. But it's not. this is not a significant um, charge on your bill. It's much better today than, than the older units. Yeah. Um, you know, we tracked back about 10 years ago, these dehumidifiers would run for a long time. Yeah. Uh, the, some of the older ones were just set to run all the time. <laughs> uh, the... <laughs> The new ones, the ones that we have today, one of the reasons we like using the April Airs is they're high-efficiency units, so they kind of work like an air conditioner. Yeah. They have a built-in thermal hygrometer in the unit. So when you set it at 55%, okay, when the humidity down there gets 58, 59, the thing kicks on, yeah. and it brings it to 5% below setting. So if you have it set on 55, it'll run until the humidity gets down to 50, and then it shuts off. Mm-hmm. And then there's a slow climb again, right? Yeah, sure. Once it gets up into the high 50s, it'll kick on, run for a few minutes, and then shut off. 
So a properly encapsulated, fully sealed crawl space, it might only cycle on an average of once, twice a day. Right. As opposed to if you just seal the vents and you don't have good plastic, it might be running a lot more than that. Now, it still will keep the humidity where you want it, but the life expectancy of that very expensive unit you just had installed yeah, I'm, I'm, yeah. has gone down. You know I'm going to go for the most expensive unit. Well, and I will. I know we're wrapping up here. I'll leave the listeners with uh, another piece of important information. If you're getting quotes from companies that are charging you three, four, five thousand dollars for a dehumidifier, yeah, you're in the wrong place. Okay, we use some of the most high-quality dehumidifiers on the market. Right. And the most expensive unit we have installed is $2,300. Okay. So if they are quoting you a lot more than that, trust me, you can get it done for much cheaper. You just need to find a company that's not trying to make their mortgage payment just off of you. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's you know it's funny all the other people who come on this show have similar stories yeah. where you know you hear from a customer ah this is you know this is not good this is the quality the quality and the reason for the show cuz you're an owner yeah this is your this is your company mm-hmm. if you were gouging people that phone would be ringing yeah oh, yeah all right just look us up Okay, we're heavily reviewed. If you can find a, a one-star review, yeah, okay, you're not going to find one. Okay, all of our reviews are five-star because we do what we say we're going to do. Yep. We shoot you straight. We're honest, and we do it for a good price. That's, That's good. It. And I don't want you to look at the making your home great reviews. It's just <laughs> that one guy. Okay, he keeps posting. And all right, thank you very much. Brock Emmons of Triangle Radiant Barrier. It's a dot com, right? It is, triangleradiantbarrier.com. This is making your home great.